21, as the Duchessa di Milano. From the style of the handwriting it appears to me to be beyond all doubt that the Misby from which this passage is taken, is older than the dated MSS, of 1492 and 1493. In that case the Duke of Milan here mentioned would be Gian Galeazzo 1469-1494 and the Duchess would be his wife Isabella of Aragon, to whom he was married on the 2nd February 1489, JPR 752. The earth that is dug out from the cellars must be raised on one side so high as to make a terrace garden as high as the level of the hall, but between the earth of the terrace and the wall of the house, leave an interval in order that the damp may not spoil the principal walls. I.V. Ecclesiastical Architecture. A. General Observations. 753. A building should always be detached on all sides so that its form may be seen. 754. Here there cannot and ought not to be any campanile, on the contrary it must stand apart like that of the cathedral and of San Giovanni at Florence, and of the cathedral at Pisa, where the campanile is quite detached as well as the dome, thus each can display its own perfection. If however you wish to join it to the church, make the lantern serve for the campanile as in the church at Chiaravalli. Footnote 12, the Abbey of Chiaravalli, a few miles from Milan has a central tower on the intersection of the cross in the style of that of the Certosa of Pavia, but the style is medieval AD 1430. Leonardo seems here to mean, that in a building, in which the circular form is strongly conspicuous, the campanile must either be separated, or rise from the center of the building and therefore take the form of a lantern. 755. It never looks well to see the roofs of the church, they should rather be flat and the water should run off by guppers made in the frieze. Be the theory of dome architecture. This subject has been more extensively treated by Leonardo in drawings than in writing. Still we may fairly assume that it was his purpose, ultimately to embody the results of his investigation in a Trattato del Cupole. The amount of materials is remarkably extensive. Ms. B is particularly rich in plans and elevations of churches with one or more domes from the simplest form to the most complicated that can be imagined. Considering the evident connection between a great number of these sketches, as well as the impossibility of seeing in them designs or preparatory sketches for any building intended to be erected, the conclusion is obvious that they were not designed for any particular monument, but were theoretical and ideal researches made in order to obtain a clear understanding of the laws which must govern the construction of a great central dome, with smaller ones grouped round it, and with or without the addition of spires, so that each of these parts by itself and in its juxtaposition to the other parts should produce the grandest possible effect. In these sketches Leonardo seems to have exhausted every imaginable combination. Footnote 1, in Nisby 32 BC place CIII, number 2 we find 8 geometrical patterns each drawn in a square, and in this CA full, 87 to 98 form a whole series of patterns done with the same intention. The results of some of these problems are perhaps not quite satisfactory, still they cannot be considered to give evidence of the want of taste or of any other defect in Leonardo's architectural capacity. They were no doubt intended exclusively for his own instruction, and, before all, as it seems, to illustrate the features or consequences resulting from a given principle, I have already, in another place, footnote 1, reproches primitifs pour la basilique de Saint-Pierre de Rome, par Bramante, Raphael etc. I page 2, pointed out the law of construction for buildings crowned by a large dome, namely, that such a dome, to produce the greatest effect possible, 
should rise either from the center of a Greek cross, or from the center of a structure of which the plan has some symmetrical affinity to a circle, this circle being at the same time the center of the whole plan of the building. Leonardo's sketches show that he was fully aware, as was to be expected, of this truth. Few of them exhibit the form of the Latin cross, and when this is met with, it generally gives evidence of the determination to assign as prominent a part as possible to the dome in the general effect of the building, while it is evident, on the one hand, that the greater number of these domes had no particular purpose, not being designed for execution. On the other hand several reasons may be found for Leonardo's perseverance in his studies of the subject, besides the theoretical interest of the question for Leonardo and his Trattato and besides the taste for domes prevailing at that time. It seems likely that the intended erection of some building of the first importance like the Duomos of Pavia and Como, the Church of Estia, Maria del Grazie at Milan, and the construction of a dome or central tower Tiberio on the Cathedral of Milan, may have stimulated Leonardo to undertake a general and thorough investigation of the subject, whilst Leonardo's intercourse with Bramante for ten years or more, can hardly have remained without influence in this matter. In fact now that some of this great architect's studies for S. Peters at Rome have at last become known, he must be considered henceforth as the greatest master of dome architecture that ever existed. His influence, direct or indirect even on a genius like Leonardo seems the more likely, since Leonardo's sketches reveal a style most similar to that of Bramante, whose name indeed, occurs twice in Leonardo's manuscript notes. It must not be forgotten that Leonardo was a Florentine, the characteristic form of the two principal domes of Florence, Sta, Maria del Fiore and the Battisterio, constantly appear as leading features in his sketches. The church of San Lorenzo at Milan, was at that time still intact. The dome is to this day one of the most wonderful cupolas ever constructed, and with its two smaller domes might well attract the attention and study of an ever-resting genius such as Leonardo. A whole class of these sketches betray in fact the direct influence of the Church of S. Lorenzo, and this also seems to have suggested the plan of Bramante's Dome of Street Peters at Rome. In the following pages the various sketches for the construction of domes have been classified and discussed from a general point of view. On two sheets, place LXXXIBCA 354B, 118A and place LXXXV, NOS, 111-ash, II. 6b we see various dissimilar types, grouped together, thus these two sheets may be regarded as a sort of nomenclature of the different types, on which we shall now have to treat, 1, churches formed on the plan of a Greek cross, group I domes rising from a circular base, the simplest type of central building is a circular edifice, place LXXXIV, number 9, plan of a circular building surrounded by a colonnade, place LXXXIV, number 8, Elevation of the former, with a conical roof. Place XC. Number 5. A dodecagon, as most nearly approaching the circle. Place LXXXVI. Number 1, 2, 3, 4 round chapels are added at the extremities of the two principal axes. Compare this plan with figure 1 on page 44 and figure 3 on page 47 W page 5 beware the outer wall is octagonal. Group II. Domes rising from a square base. The plan is a square surrounded by a colonnade, and the dome seems to be octagonal. Place LXXXIV, the square plan below the circular building number 8, and its elevation to the left. Above the plan, here the ground plan is square, the upper story octagonal, 
A further development of this type is shown in two sketches CA3A not reproduced here, and in place LXXXVI, number 5 which possibly belongs to number 7 on place LXXXIV, place LXXXV, number 4, and page 45, figure 3, a Greek cross, repeated page 45, figure 3, is another development of the square central plan. The remainder of these studies show two different systems, in the first the dome rises from a square plan, in the second from an octagonal base, group III, domes rising from a square base and four pillars, a first type, a dome resting on four pillars in the center of a square edifice, with an apse in the middle, of each of the four sides, we have eleven variations of this type, 8A place LXXXVIII, number 3, BB place LXXX, number 5, CC place LXXXV, NOS, 2, 3, 5, DD place LXXXIV, number 1 and 4 beneath, EE place LXXXV, NOS, 1, 7, 10, 11, B second type, this consists in adding aisles to the whole plan of the first type, columns are placed between the apses and the aisles, the plan thus obtained is very nearly identical with that of S. Lorenzo at Milan, figure 1 on page 56. Ms. B75A shows the result of this treatment adapted to a peculiar purpose about which we shall have to say a few words later on. Place XCV, number 1, shows the same plan but with the addition of a short nave. This plan seems to have been suggested by the general arrangement of SC Polkro at Milan. Ms. B57BC the sketch reproduced on P.51, by adding towers in the four outer angles to the last named plan. We obtain a plan which bears the general features of Bramante's plans for S. Peters at Rome. See page 51 figure 1. Group IV. Domes rising from an octagonal base. This system, developed according to two different schemes, has given rise to two classes with many varieties. In a on each side of the octagon chapels of equal form are added. Indeed the chapels are dissimilar, those which terminate the principal axes being different in form from those which are added on the diagonal sides of the octagon. A. First class. The chapel, De Leongeli, at Florence, built only to a height of about 20 feet by Brunellisco, may be considered as the prototype of this group, and, indeed it probably suggested it. The fact that we see in this B11B place XCIV. Number 3 by the side of Brunellisco's plan for the Basilica of Stowe, Spirito at Florence, a plan almost identical with that of the Capella di Leongeli, confirms this supposition, only two small differences, or we may say improvements, have been introduced by Leonardo, firstly the back of the chapels contains a third niche, and each angle of the octagon a folded pilaster like those in Bramante's Sagristia di Sempresso San Satiro at Milan. Instead of an interval between the two pilasters as seen in the Battistero at Florence and in the Sacristy of Stowe, Spirito in the same town and also in the above-named chapel by Brunellisco, the first set of sketches which come under consideration have at first sight the appearance of mere geometrical studies. They seem to have been suggested by the plan given on page 44 figure 2 Ms. B55A in the center of which is written, Santa Maria in Perticia di Apavia, at the place marked on the reproduction. A Ms. B. 34B, page 44 figure 3, in the middle of each side a column is added, and in the axis of the intercolumnar spaces a second row of columns forms an aisle round the octagon, these are placed at the intersection of a system of semicircles, of which the 16 columns on the sides of the octagon are the centers, 
be the preceding diagram is completed and becomes more monumental in style in the sketch next to it is B35A. See page 45 figure 1. An outer aisle is added by circles, having for radius the distance between the columns in the middle sides of the octagon. Seen is B96B. See page 45 figure 2. Octagon with an aisle round it, the angles of both are formed by columns. The outer sides are formed by eight niches forming chapels. The exterior is likewise octagonal, with the angles corresponding to the center of each of the interior chapels. Place XCII. Number 2 is B96B. Detail and modification of the preceding plan half columns against piers and arrangement by which the chapels of the aisle have the same width of opening as the inner arches between the half columns. Underneath this sketch the following note occurs. Questo volatere 12 fax company 12 tabernacle come. This will have 12 sides with 12 tabernacles as a B in the remaining sketches of this class the octagon is not formed by columns at the angles. The simplest type shows a niche in the middle of each side and is repeated on several sheets. This, Ms. B3, Ms. CA 354BC place LXXXIB. Number 11 and Ms. Ash II6B, C place LXXXB. Number 9 and the elevations Number 8, place XCII. Number 3, Ms. B4B not reproduced here and place LXXXIB. Number 2, place XCII. 3 Ms. B56B corresponds to a plan like the one in Ms. B35A, in which the niches would be visible outside or, as in the following sketch, with the addition of a niche in the middle of each chapel, place XC. Number 6. The niches themselves are surrounded by smaller niches see also number 1 on the same plate. Octagon expanded on each side. A by a square chapel, Ms. B34B not reproduced here. B by a square with 3 niches, Ms. B11BC place XCIB. Number 3. C by octagonal chapels, a Ms. B21A, place LXXXBIII. Number 4. B number 2 on the same plate. Underneath there is the remark, Quest comely 8 chapel and OSRA facti, this is how the 8 chapels are to be executed. See place LXXXVIII. Number 5. Elevation to the plans on the same sheet. It is accompanied by the note, Ciascuno di 9 tiberi no vale passare altezza di 2 quadri, neither of the 9 domes must exceed the height of 2 squares. D place LXXXVIII. Number 1. Inside of the same octagon. Ms. B30A, and 34B, these are three repetitions of parts of the same plan with very slight variations. D by a circular chapel, Ms. B18AC figure 1 on page 47 gives the plan of this arrangement in which the exterior is square on the ground floor with only four of the chapels projecting, as is explained in the next sketch. Place LXXXIX, Ms. B17B, elevation to the preceding plan sketched on the opposite side of the sheet, and also marked A. It is accompanied by the following remark, indicating the theoretical character of these studies, Questo edificio and Cristalba Bani Aferlo Dalla Insu. This edifice would also produce a good effect if only the part above the lines of ECD were executed. Place LXXXIV. Number 11. The exterior has the form of an octagon, but the chapels project partly beyond it. On the left side of the sketch they appear larger than on the right side. Place XC. Number 1. Ms. B25B, repetition of place LXXXIV. Number 11. Place XC. Number 2. Elevation to the plan number 1. And also to number 6 of the same sheet. E by chapels formed by four niches, place LXXXIV. 
Number 7 The circular plan on the left below shows this arrangement in which the central dome has become circular inside and might therefore be classed after this group. Footnote 1 This plan and some others of this class remind us of the plan of the mausoleum of Augustus as it is represented for instance by Durand, C. Cab, de Estemps, Bibliothèque Nationale, Paris, Topographie de Rhone, V6, 82. The sketch on the right-hand side gives most likely the elevation for the last-named plan, F, by chapels of still richer combinations, which necessitate an octagon of larger dimensions, place XCI, number 2 Mizash, 11, AP, on this plan the chapels themselves appear to be central buildings formed like the first type of the third group, place LXXXVIII, number 3, place XCI, number 2 above, the exterior of the preceding figure particularly interesting on account of the alternation of apses and niches, the latter containing statues of a gigantic size, in proportion to the dimension of the niches, be second class. Composite plans of this class are generally obtained by combining two types of the first class the one worked out on the principal axis, the other on the diagonal ones. Ms. B22 shows an elementary combination, without any additions on the diagonal axis but with the dimensions of the squares on the two principal axes exceeding those of the sides of the octagon. In the drawing W page 5 BC page 44 figure 1 the exterior only of the edifice is octagonal, the interior being formed by a circular colonnade, round chapels are placed against the four sides of the principal axes. The elevation, drawn on the same sheet C page 47 figure 3, shows the whole arrangement which is closely related with the one on place LXXXVI number 1. 2. Ms. B21A shows, a four sides with rectangular chapels crowned by pediments place LXXXVII number 3 plan and elevation, B four sides with square chapels crowned by octagonal domes, place LXXXVII number 4, the plan underneath. Ms. B18A shows a variation obtained by replacing the round chapels in the principal axes of the sketch Ms. BLAA by square ones, with an apse. Leonardo repeated both ideas for better comparison side by side. See page 47. Figure 2. Place LXXXIX Ms. B17B. Elevation for the preceding figure. The comparison of the drawing marked M with the plan on page 47 figure 2. Bearing the same mark. And of the elevation on place LXXXIX below marked A with the corresponding plan on page 47 is highly instructive. As illustrating the spirit in which Leonardo pursued these studies. Place LXXXIV number 12 shows the design place LXXXVI number 3 combined with apses, with the addition of round chapels on the diagonal sides. Place LXXXIV number 13 is a variation of the preceding sketch. Place XC number 3, Ms. B25B. The round chapels of the preceding sketch are replaced by octagonal chapels, above which rise campanilis. Place XC number 4 is the elevation for the preceding plan. Place XCI number 1, Ms. B39B, the plan below. On the principal as well as on the diagonal axes are diagonal chapels, but the latter are separated from the dome by semicircular recesses. The communication between these eight chapels forms a square aisle round the central dome. Above this figure is the elevation, showing four campanilis on the angles. Place LXXXIV number 3. On the principal axes are square chapels with three niches, on the diagonals octagonal chapels with niches. Cobb, ADL, 340B gives a somewhat similar arrangement. Ms. B30, 
the principal development is thrown on the diagonal axes by square chapels with three niches, on the principal axes are inner recesses communicating with outer ones. The plan place XCII number 2 is B20 to differs from this only in so far as the outer semicircles have become circular chapels. Projecting from the external square as apses, one of them serves as the entrance by a semicircular portico. The elevation is drawn on the left side of the plan. Ms. B19. A further development of Ms. B18. By employing for the four principal chapels the type place LXXXVII number 3. As we have already seen in place XCI number 2, the exterior presents two varieties. Of the outer contour follows the inner. B it is semicircular. Place LXXXVI number 2 Ms. B18 B elevation to the first variation Ms. B19. If we were not certain that this sketch was by Leonardo, we might feel tempted to take it as a study by Bramante for Street Peters at Rome. Ms. PB39B. In the principal axes the chapels of Ms. B19. And semicircular niches on the diagonals. The exterior of the whole edifice is also an octagon, concealing the form of the interior chapels, but with its angles on their axes. Group B suggested by San Lorenzo at Milan. In this CA 266 IIB, AL2B there is a plan almost identical with that of San Lorenzo. The diagonal sides of the irregular octagon are not indicated. If it could be proved that the arches which, in the actual church, exist on these sides in the first story, were added in 1574 by Martimo Bassi, then this plan and the following section would be still nearer the original state of San Lorenzo than at present. A reproduction of this slightly sketched plan has not been possible. It may however be understood from place LXXXVII number 3, by suppressing the four pillars corresponding to the apses. Place LXXXVII number 1 shows the section in elevation corresponding with the above-named plan. The recessed chapels are decorated with large shells in the half-domes like the arrangement in San Lorenzo, but with proportions like those of Bramante's Sacristy of Santa Maria Presso S. Satiro. Miss C.A. 266, a sheet containing three views of exteriors of domes. On the same sheet there is a plan similar to the one above named but with an interrupted aisles and with the addition of round chapels in the axis compare place XCVI number 3 and page 44 figure 1. Perhaps a reminiscence of the two chapels annexed to San Lorenzo. Leonardo has here sketched the way of transforming this plan into a Latin cross by means of a nave with side aisles. Place XCI number 1. Plan showing a type deprived of aisles and comprised in a square building which is surrounded by a portico. It is accompanied by the following text, 756. This edifice is inhabited accessible below and above, like San Sepulcro, and it is the same above as below except that the upper story has the dome CD, and the footnote, the Church of San Sepulcro at Milan, founded in 1030 and repeatedly rebuilt after the middle of the 5th century, still stands over the crypt of the original structure. Lower has the dome of E and when you enter into the crypt, you descend 10 steps, and when you mount into the upper you ascend 20 steps, which, with one three braccia for each, make 10 brassia, and this is the height between one floor of the church and the other. Above the plan on the same sheet is a view of the exterior. By the aid of these two figures and the description, sections of the edifice may easily be reconstructed, but the section drawn on the left side of the building seems not to be in keeping with the same plan. Notwithstanding the explanatory note written underneath it, Dentralil di Fidio di Sopra, interior of the edifice above footnote 1, the small inner dome corresponds to a beyond the plan it rises from the lower church into the upper above, and larger. 
rises the dome cd the aisles above and below thus corresponded de sopra cum de sato, salvos etc. The only difference island that in the section Leonardo has not taken the trouble to make the form octagonal, but has merely sketched circular lines in perspective. JPR before leaving this group, it is well to remark that the germ of it seems already indicated by the diagonal lines in the plans place LXXXV number 11 and number 7. We shall find another application of the same type to the Latin cross in place XCDII number 3, 2. Churches formed on the plan of the Latin cross. We find among Leonardo's studies several sketches for churches on the plan of the Latin cross. We shall begin by describing them, and shall add a few observations. A studies after existing monuments. Place XCID number 2. Ms. B. 11B. Plan of Santa Spirito at Florence. A basilica built after the designs of Brunellisco. Leonardo has added the indication of a portico in front. Either his own invention or the reproduction of a now lost design. Place XCD number 2. Plan accompanied by the words, E. Santa Sepulcro di Milano di Sopra, that is the upper church of S. Sepulcro at Milan, although since Leonardo's time considerably spoiled. It is still the same in plan. The second plan with its note, B.U.S.U.A. parts Octoterra, B. is its subterranean part. The crypt still corresponds with the present state of this part of the church as I have ascertained by visiting the crypt with this plan, excepting the addition of a few insignificant walls. The state of this interesting part of the church still conforms to Leonardo's sketch, but in the vestibule the two columns near the entrance of the winding stairs are absent. B. Designs or Studies. Place XCD number 1. Plan of a church evidently suggested by that of San Sepulcro at Milan. The central part has been added to on the principle of the second type of group III. Leonardo has placed the Cora choir in the center. Place XCD number 2. In the plan the dome as regards its interior, belongs to the first class of group IV, and may be grouped with the one in Ms. B35A. The nave seems to be a development of the type represented in place XCD number 2, B by adding towers and two lateral porticos. On the left is a view of the exterior of the preceding plan. It is accompanied by the following note, 757. This building is inhabited below and above, the way up is by the Campaniles, and in going up one has to use the platform where the drums of the four domes are, and this platform has a parapet in front, and none of these domes communicate with the church, but they are quite separate. Place XCD number 1 is CA16B, 65A. Perspective view of a church seen from behind, this recalls the Duomo at Florence, but with two campaniles. Place XCD number 3 is B52A. The central part is a development of S. Lorenzo at Milan, such as was executed at the Duomo of Pavia. There is sufficient analogy between the building actually executed and this sketch to suggest a direct connection between them. Leonardo accompanied Francesco di Giorgio when the latter was consulted on June 21, 1490 as to this church, the fact that the only word accompanying the plan is, Sagristia, seems to confirm our supposition, for the sacristies were added only in 1492, i.e. four years after the beginning of the cathedral which at that time was most likely still sufficiently unfinished to be capable of receiving the form of the present sketch. Place XCDII number 2 shows the exterior of this design. Below is the note, Edifidio al proposito del fotomito figurato di socto edifice proper for the ground plan figured below. Here we may also mention the plan of the Latin cross drawn in this CA fol. 266 C page 50. Place XCID number 1 is L15B. 
external side view of Brunellisco's Florentine Basilica San Lorenzo, seen from the north, place XCID number 4BAV1, principal front of a nave, most likely of a church on the plan of a Latin cross. We notice here not only the principal features which were employed afterwards in Alberti's front of S. Maria Novella, but even details of a more advanced style, such as we are accustomed to meet with only after the year 1520. In the background of Leonardo's unfinished picture of St. Jerome Vatican Gallery a somewhat similar church front is indicated see the accompanying sketch. Illustration with caption, the view of the front of a temple. Apparently a dome in the center of four Corinthian porticos bearing pediments published by Amoretti Toff. I.I. B. as being by Leonardo, is taken from a drawing. Now at the Ambrosian Gallery, we cannot consider this to be by the hand of the master. See studies for a form of the church most proper for preaching. The problem as to what form of church might answer the requirements of acoustics seems to have engaged Leonardo's very particular attention. The designation of Tetro, given to some of these sketches, clearly shows which plan seemed to him most favorable for hearing the preacher's voice. Place XCDII. Number 1 is B52. Rectangular edifice divided into three naves with an apse on either side terminated by a semicircular theater with rising seats. As in antique buildings, the pulpit is in the center. Leonardo has written on the left side of the sketch, Tetro D.A. Predicare, Theater for Preaching. Nisby 55 AC page 56. Figure 1. A domed church after the type of place XCV. Number 1. Shows four theaters occupying the apses and facing the square, Cora, choir, which is in the center between the four pillars of the dome. Footnote 1. The note Tetro di Predicar. On the right side is, I believe, in the handwriting of Pompeo Leoni. JPR the rising arrangement of the seats is shown in the sketch above. At the place marked P. Leonardo wrote T. Tripleral of seats to hear mass. At T. Tree. And at C. Cora Choir. In this CA 260. Are slight sketches of two plans for rectangular choirs and two elevations of the altar and pulpit which seem to be in connection with these plans. In this Ash II. AAC page 56 and 57, figure 2 and 3, loco dub si predica, place for preaching, a most singular plan for a building, the interior is a portion of a sphere, the center of which is the summit of a column destined to serve as the preacher's pulpit, the inside is somewhat like a modern theater, whilst the exterior and the galleries and stairs recall the ancient amphitheaters, illustration with caption, page 57, figure 4, a plan accompanying the two preceding drawings. If this gives the complete form Leonardo intended for the edifice, it would have comprised only about two-thirds of the circle. Leonardo wrote in the center, Fundamento, a word he often employed for plans, and on the left side of the view of the exterior, Loco de Si Predice a place for preaching in the design for a mausoleum. Place XCVIIIT 182. Number Dordra 2386. In the midst of a hilly landscape rises an artificial mountain in the form of a gigantic cone, crowned by an imposing temple. At two-thirds of the height a terrace is cut out with six doorways forming entrances to galleries, each leading to three sepulchral halls, so constructed as to contain about 500 funeral urns, disposed in the customary antique style. From two opposite sides steps ascend to the terrace in a single flight and beyond it to the temple above, a large circular opening like that in the Pantheon, is in the dome above what may be the altar, or perhaps the central monument on the level of the terrace below. 
The section of a gallery given in the sketch to the right below shows the roof to be constructed on the principle of superimposed horizontal layers, projecting one beyond the other, and each furnished with a sort of heel, which appears to be undercut, so as to give the appearance of a beam from within. Granite alone would be adequate to the dimensions here given to the keystone, as the thickness of the layers can hardly be considered to be less than a foot. In taking this as the basis of our calculation for the dimensions of the whole construction, the width of the chamber would be about 25 feet but, judging from the number of urns it contains and there is no reason to suppose that these urns were larger than usual it would seem to be no more than about 8 or 10 feet. The construction of the vaults resembles those in the galleries of some Etruscan tumuli. For instance the Regulini Galeasi to Met Servetri lately discovered and also that of the chamber and passages of the Pyramid of Cheops and of the treasury of Atreus at Mycenae. The upper cone displays not only analogies with the monuments mentioned in the note, but also with Etruscan tumuli, such as the Cocamilla to Met Volsi, and the Regulini Galeasi tomb. The whole scheme is one of the most magnificent in the history of architecture. It would be difficult to decide as to whether any monument we had seen suggested this idea to Leonardo, but it is worthwhile to inquire, if any monument, or group of monuments of an earlier date may be supposed to have done so. Footnote 2, there are, in Algiers, two monuments, commonly called, Le Madrasen and, Le Tombo de Locridian, which somewhat resemble Leonardo's design. They are known to have served as the mausolea of the kings of Moor.